Radio. Bringing you the good, the bad, and the downright nasty. Oh. All right. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Not bad, Zorg. How you doing? Doing good. Another day. Another Sunday session, as we're starting to call them. From the shed. From the shed this time, though. You're right, not the cabin. Switching it up. bit blustery again out there today a little bit of snow for almost april yeah it's cold it's been a weird day today actually sunny snowy sunny snowy yeah we got the wood stove going though it's nice and warm in here toasty it is toasty in here i can dig it yeah so we were just discussing what we're going to get into today because we really didn't do any uh pre-episode work we just thought it's a good day for a Sunday session. Just wing it. Yeah. So here we are in the shed, as we said. Tight rhyme. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> yeah, so we thought we'd uh, kick it off into some more music history since that's kind of what we left off there last week. And again, for maybe anybody who didn't listen to the last episode titled Zorg, um, Zorg's a good buddy of mine. I'm a good buddy of his, <laughs> and uh, we play music together. We're in a band called Old 24. We've got a side thing called Jacobian Red. Uh, look it up on Spotify. It's some good shit. Yeah, or Apple or whatever you stream your music yeah. on. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the Spotify. <laughs> I always forget about that. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and we're here in the shed where the kind of the magic happens for us we do some recording in here and it's our rehearsal uh space so this chair is noisy again <laughs> we gotta get some better chairs i know it'd be nice to have uh like we talked about last time a permanent studio setup. that'd be great i'm already sick of lugging this shit around <laughs> going here there everywhere even going to the cabins, a pain in the ass too. Yeah, lugging all this shit out there. That one's nice. It's nice to have a table. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if we had to use like this, that would have worked. That would have worked nice, even to put your stand on. Yeah, it's the only shit thing about these mics is they're so heavy. Like you can't extend that arm out anymore. Well, maybe it can. That's right. It's in a good spot. Yeah. So retracing, uh, we play music together if nobody caught the last episode <laughs> uh we play a little bit of rock and roll yeah we're talking about some of our influences uh we we kind of got on the topic of leonard skinner last week leonard leonard <laughs> yeah i would say we're somewhat influenced by them i think so that southern rock blues rock the good stuff the real good stuff Talking about Sweet Home Alabama, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I think the last kind of where we left it off, we were talking about Steve Gaines, and and uh, I think we were talking about Clapton, how he missed a helicopter flight that um, Stevie Ray Vaughan got on. I didn't know Stevie Ray Vaughan was so heavily addicted to uh, drugs and alcohol either. Yeah, the 80s. 
Cocaine. Cocaine in the 80s, man. (laughs) Is that what it was? I think so. And booze. He was a big uh, boozer. Was he? Yeah. How old did you say he was when he died? I think he was like 34 or 35. (laughs) Just a young guy. Yeah. Way too young. He could rip, though. Oh, buddy. He was a hot rodder. He was a hot rodder, that's for sure, man. You see that one clip, that YouTube video where he busts a string? Oh, yeah. Doesn't miss a beat. Keeps ripping and then doesn't he, he just undoes it. Grabs a different guitar from his tech or whatever and then plugs it in, puts his strap on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he takes his tech takes the other guitar and he just keeps playing doesn't miss a beat that'd be insane you know what's funny you know how we were talking about last time like oh man if you could do like you know your dream job blah 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 I seen a clip this morning i was listening to some random thing and then the guy was like basically he's like all these people bitch and moan like they can't do what they they want to do yeah he's like if you really wanted to do it that bad you probably would he's like just fucking tunnel vision and that's what you're gonna do and just focus on doing that and that's all you're gonna do and he's like if if you want it bad enough eventually you'll have success the old uh ten thousand hours thing i mean unless you suck unless you just suck yeah (laughs) (laughs) listen man it's not working (laughs) listen i know you love what you're doing but it's not good yeah Maybe try something else. You know, sprinkle in a few other things. Yeah. Try something new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be... Anyways, that was just reverting to what we were talking about last time. Having a dream uh, dream gig. Which reverts back to this table, this studio we're in. Yeah. But you make do. You make hay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we thought we'd just carry on with maybe talking about a bit more rock or unless you got other ideas, but we were just discussing before we got on the air. No, uh, yeah, I think we could probably segue out of Skinner. Um, they were, uh, so in the song Sweet Home Alabama, there's a line that says, in Muscle Shoals, they got the Swampers. And, uh, so they're referring to a studio band um, in Muscle Shoals. Is that Alabama? Is it Alabama? Georgia? I believe so. I'll quick fact check that for you. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you're right. And uh, these guys were like just three average looking white dudes that could just play music insanely well. Alabama was correct. Nice. Um, and they played on a lot of the records in like in the 60s, 70s. Yeah, they were just like a house band, right? Yeah. Like hit songs for some big bands. Like I, I think even like Almond Brothers, uh, Rolling Stones. I know there was like uh, Wilson Pickett. Yeah. Just some like some soulful singers, Aretha Franklin, like you you would think 
you kind of picture their band not being these <laughs> these three like nerdy white guys but <laughs> they were just like soul yeah like you said aretha franklin wilson pickett the hell was that i think there's a piece of steel or something outside just flapping flapping in the wind um barry beckett roger hawkins david hood and jimmy johnson um initially called the second fame gang but widely known by the nickname the swampers Classic hits by Aretha Franklin, Wilson Pickett, Percy Sledge, The Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Leon Russell, Leonard Skinner, Rod Stewart, Bob Seger. Oh, that's a big Shit, list. Shit, man. Yeah. The list probably goes on, too. That's wild. Yeah, that's a cool... Uh, for nobody, if people haven't seen it, or if they care to... Yeah. Uh, it's a great... Would you call it his documentary, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good watch, actually. That's a fun... Yeah, it's all based around that watch. studio and, and those guys and and the artists that came to record. Purely because of those those musicians. Like, I think in the, in the movie, there's not much in that town. And the studio, I don't think, was much of a uh, destination, so... They just went there to make hit songs. <laughs> you get the right people in there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if we're going to start our own studio, like we were talking, we need a killer studio band. Well, we've already got two. We got two. Sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> so come on down and record at the show. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be your backing band. Yeah. We'll play whatever you want, maybe, within reason. Only if we like it. Yeah, that's part of the, uh, you got to sign that piece of paper yeah. when you come in. We'll have a disclaimer. Or yeah. No country. Terms and conditions. Everyone reads those, right? <laughs> strictly country. Stri- strictly new age country. That's all we want to play and record. Yeah. Because those guys, that's where it's at. That's going to get the follows. They get the all streams. the money. Yeah, man. Yeah, so from Muscle Shoals, what's the other studio that, um, I'm thinking the Eagles here, because we were talking about Muscle Shoals. Where did the Eagles always record? Cause remember when they were fighting with the producer or whatever of the album, because Henley always wanted the drums louder, and Buddy would never let him do it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I remember. I know that those guys were really smart with uh, how they ran their band like a business. Like they, they started their own production company and the Eagles did. Yeah, they got all like, they collected all the royalties themselves and. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had like their own corporation. Didn't they get almost get dinked or something off the st- off the start? Didn't they? Or Maybe that's why they did band? that. That's like you were talking about. Um, you were listening to that uh, Dan uh, Ockbauer, whatever his name is, Ockenbauer from the Black Keys. Is that how you say his name? That's bad. <laughs> and then yeah, I know what you're talking about. And the drummer, 
And they were talking about that on Joe Rogan and how, like, effed up the music industry is. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they hate it. They just do their own thing. They don't care. So do they, like, record and produce all their own shit now? They they do it all themselves? Yeah. Man, that's pretty cool. That last album they did, um... Delta Cream? Delta Cream. A pretty... Like, I, I really like that album. It's blues rock, and it's raw. I think that they just recorded, like, they just played and recorded it. I don't think they... Like, it's definitely not overproduced. They No. They almost did it live kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell in some of the... Yeah. But it's sick. Those are all old blues tunes, aren't they? I think they did write a bunch of them. Did they? But some were covers. Like that, uh, is it King Cobra or Co- Crawling King, King Snake? Snake? Yeah, yeah, that's an old blues song. Yeah. I know the Doors do a version of that, too. The Doors are a cool band. <laughs> do you listen to the Doors? Yeah, I, I go through phases. I, uh, I I like the L.A. Woman album, so I'll listen to that once in a while. And Morrison Hotel, is that? That's I'll be honest with you, know. I don't know the doors that well. They're cool. They're like they're um basically a three piece band with organ guitar and drums and then they have jim morrison is just a singer and he was he was a wild man <laughs> yeah van morrison man he's crazy jim morrison <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy too <laughs> jim though actually okay so that kind of sparked my memory i was reading this book um it's about like the laurel canyon music scene yeah yeah and mo- like a lot of those musicians had this weird uh like there was a trend of just they were all military families like oh yeah you're right and they just mo- i think there was a base down there or something their parents moved there for work and they just became like a community like some big names too Crosby Stills Nash, Joni Mitchell was there at the same time, wasn't she? She yeah, she's from Saskatchewan, but she lived she, there for a while. She come down there, like it was like the scene to go to for music at that time. I think in the late sixties, like Bob Dylan was down there. Imagine um, hanging out <laughs> with like just all I don't know what the word like apex musicians, just like I think that's why it's so good. Like you get a community with the same ideas and the same goal in mind and there's strength in numbers i think and people you you play and practice with people that are good and it makes you better and as a whole it makes like kind of makes the whole team better you know (laughs) and yet such different styles yeah how old was jim morrison when he died he wasn't that old either was he he was a 27 clubber Mm. Right, he was a raging alcoholic too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. arrested a few times. One time he was a, he uh was pretty drunk at a gig and I think he pulled his dick out. Serious. And flashed the crowd and then he oh, got I remember reading about that. He got arrested for like public indecency or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just a wild man. 
crazy. But a poet. Yeah. That's like, I can't remember where I was reading that, but. Oh, it was. Um, oh, shit. I can't remember where I was reading. But it was, they were talking about like people who probably never would have been what they were if they weren't in situations where they were like like a product of your surroundings really, kind of really thing. screwed up like yeah. jim morrison was like a drunk and and then the other one was they were talking about stephen king now stephen king probably wouldn't have wrote as good a shit as he did but yeah. he was just like drunk and constantly in a basically a state of depression and he would just like stay in his house and smoke darts and <laughs> just write all the time all these like dark twisted novels because he was just like super depressed and drunk all the time and then it's like you think about some of these bands like we were talking about last time we were on the cast here you know guys who were like definitely experimenting with hallucinogenics and shit like yeah the beatles or zeppelin or i'm sure pink floyd was (laughs) i i'm assuming (laughs) yeah i think that uh i don't know those those substances can uh well they definitely alter the way you think isn't that a Joni mitchell quote about it like permanent lsd permanently altered her like state of being or state of mind like she never fully came like she came back like you know day to day having a conversation but yeah as far as like her outlook let's say on life or whatever it like fully altered her yeah her psyche perspective yeah and then there's that and just being in that community where they're all kind of thinking the same way or you get influenced to think that way we're not condoning doing drugs no (laughs) we're just saying if you want to be good at music especially it's not going to hurt your chances to do hard drugs (laughs) (laughs) I think you got to be good and then expand right, your mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's like uh, not the same thing, but read, yeah. I read that book on, you know, Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Have you read that book? No, uh, I haven't. Uh, what's that book called? So The Dirt, or The Dirt was the movie, right? Yeah. Did they na- I don't think it's called The Dirt. Oh, shit. Um, anyway, I mean... His really wasn't music related. He was just like party heavily addicted to heroin. <laughs> He's just they just partied. Yeah, that band was. That's I kind of like, forget they were a later band. That's it, like eighties, right? LA. Yeah, like even I kind of forgot or forget that Guns and Roses was actually quite a bit later than they're like eighties, yeah, yeah. Well, there's I think well yeah obviously they're still touring and stuff, but I actually I read Slash's book and that's pretty wild uh they kind of come up behind motley crew heroin diaries heroin diaries that's what it's called anyways ah. yeah guns and roses kind of followed motley crews uh they started the trend in in la in the 80s like dressing in drag growing their hair long and uh just booze and drugs and rock and roll and then guns and roses kind of i think that they got on tour with them did they that's how uh, yeah that's how they kind of got their start 
Oh yeah, you're right. They yeah. were like they were kind of a product of a couple different LA bands though, I think. Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses? Guns N' Roses. It was like LA Guns. And I can't remember the other band. And then they kind of amalgamated. I actually used to listen to Guns N' Roses quite a bit. Yeah? I, I did actually not I wasn't like a diehard, but I they had one album that I was a big fan of. I can't remember. Appetite for Destruction? No, it wasn't that. Really? That's their big one. That'd be uh I remember Twanger was in love with Paradise City. Yeah. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> that album was a soundtrack to his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just played it all day in his head. <laughs> Squeaky chair. Yeah, that, uh, the uh, Heroin Diaries book. I didn't actually finish the whole thing, but there's a couple things in there, man. Like that guy was messed up big time. Like he would just hide in his closet and he would panic that there was like people trying to break into his house and shit. So then he, <laughs> he had like a security company come in and install all kinds of cameras and alarm system and shit like that. Yeah. And then I think it, he was saying he'd get so high and he'd sit in his closet and then he'd trip out that people were or that people were listening into him, listening in, in the house and like watching him and shit. So yeah. he'd go and he'd rip all the, all the alarm shit that they put in. He just ripped it all out, <laughs> just trashed it. Yeah. And then he'd wake up the next day and he'd, he'd call him, call him again. And so it got so bad. I think that they actually stopped coming. They wouldn't work for him anymore. Cause yeah. it was like every week they were installing it and then ripping it back out again. That's weird. Paranoia. He was made, they were, it says in the book, and I can't remember how much he was spending, but it was a ridiculous amount of money on, on hard drugs. I mean, I'm sure they all did, but yeah. Like were the sixties bands doing heroin? Maybe. I think, uh, I think that that wave kind of came more in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I think 60s, they were probably experimenting with acid and... Yeah, you're right. Mushrooms and LSD. More psychedelic stuff. Yeah. That's a good point. There was a... <laughs> I guess unrelated, but... I've been listening to Grateful Dead quite a bit. And they've got some... Uh, there's a couple Netflix documentaries or whatever. They had a, they had like a bus and they would just like trip acid and ride around on this bus and, and play music in the bus. Grateful Dead did? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, there were other musicians would come like, uh, uh, who else is down there? The wheels on the bus. What's her name? Big Brother and the Holding Company. Or, and the Big Brother Holding Company. You got me lost, man. I don't know. And that's going to bug me. It'll come to you. She was like a heavy blues singer. 
I she was. Yeah. Anyways, not important. <laughs> but they they have a cool following. Um Deadheads they call them. The Deadheads. And they just uh when we were on the sailing trip, we uh we were walking into a, a Walmart. I think we were in Florida. Yeah. And we all had like long hair, like Skip and I was in a ponytail and shit, beards. Yep. And then a guy we were walking out or something, he's like, What is Grape is Grateful Dead in town or something? <laughs> and we're like I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, you guys a couple of deadheads or what? <laughs> and I was Deadies? like, No. <laughs> he's like, You guys look like you're deadheads for sure. <laughs> I fucking love the Grateful Dead, man. You guys made a friend. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I don't think I had ever listened to the Grateful Dead before that. Yeah. I always thought they were like a hard rock band, judging by the name. They're like the classic jam band. They would, uh, their live shows, they would just, they'd play a song and just jam for like 15 minutes. And it would be a ride. Like it would go pick up and then it would drop right off and then. That takes a special type of uh, A, band, B, people to enjoy listening to that. Yeah. But that's what, they have a specific group of people that enjoy that, and they are hardcore fans. Deadheads. That's like, what's the band? They're way less known, but isn't, um, oh, shoot. The band Yes. You ever heard of Yes. Yes. Aren't they like that? Kind of jam-ish? Um, or no? Yeah, I can only I can only think of their one song, Roundabout. I think it's called. Uh, I remember being pretty young. I haven't really dove into that band, to be honest. I remember being pretty young when I was still taking guitar lessons, and I wanted to learn a song by Yes. I don't even know how I even heard it, but now I can't remember the name. Yeah. You would probably know the song if I played it. Never did learn it. I started, but it was pretty intricate. It's like we were watching a movie last night, and uh, they started playing at the end of the song, or no, like three quarters of the way through the movie, song by Boston. Oh, yeah? Long time. Long time. Is it just called Long Time? I think so. It's been such a long time. <laughs> Nailed it. The intro to that song? Yeah. Is so sick. They yeah, they, it's like a separate song almost, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like it's pretty long too. Yeah, it really builds up. Are we allowed to play tracks on here, or do you have to pay royalties if you start throwing <laughs> down tracks? I don't know. That's a good question. Because now I just want to play the intro of that. But. Maybe you could play it, and if uh, look it up later, and then if you can't play it we'll just cut it i'll out. just have to edit out yeah because man <laughs> i was just thinking it's like man if old 24 could pull that off that would be so sick it'll never happen
So that's called foreplay is the yeah first part of that song. That's it sounds like an orchestra, like a rock and roll orchestra. If I got to pay royalties for that, I don't even care. I'll gladly pay. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> what an epic intro. I think uh, I was reading a bit. Of, I can't remember what the lead guy's name is, but they had their first, their debut album recorded. And he fucked with it for six years before releasing it like he was just such a perfectionist that he couldn't he couldn't just let it go he uh he would re-record stuff and and edit and i'm pretty sure he did it all himself but six years it took him to uh finally say okay it's it's where i want it seriously yeah that was boston boston But it paid off. It's a good album. Sorry, just had to throw a couple extra pieces of wood in the fire there. Yeah, man. I don't... That's like... There's... Like, underrated... They're not... <coughs> they're not underrated, but less talked about, I guess, maybe? It there's was like, just so many bands in that era that were so good. Like... You can't even list them all. No. I, I, keep, I haven't even heard them all. Like no. I always try to look up new music and stuff. And there's just so much music from that era that is really good. You can't cover it all in a lifetime. No. <laughs> it's even like April Wine. Yeah, Canadian band. They got some sick tunes. Really catchy stuff. You know everybody's either gonna rock out when they hear that part of this podcast <laughs> or they'll be like come on guys or, <laughs> or they're gonna look it up after oh yeah and listen to the whole thing you're welcome boston yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did you a solid there <laughs> how could you not really <coughs> man fighting a bit of a cold here yeah that time of year eh? um uh, buddy the uh well speaking about Canadian bands, um one of the most influential bands I would say. Um and they're from mostly Ontario, but the band. Uh-huh. Yes. We're sitting probably a short twenty minute drive away from where uh Rick Danko would have grew up. 
So for those of people who don't know, I'm sure most people do, but for maybe even some Norfolk listeners who didn't know, Rick Danko was a bass player in the band. Yeah. And, and where did he grow up, Jake? I mean, sort. Uh, I think there there's a little <laughs> discrepancy about it, but their their main farm was um like Greens Corners, Blaney area, west of Simcoe in Norfolk County. And uh yeah, I, I think what happened was there was a band called Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. Yeah. And he ended up playing for that band. Um, and I think that he could just p- kind of play a- any instrument. So by default, he ended up being the bass player because <laughs> no one else played bass. Um, but even the rest of the guys, other than the drummer there, Levon Helm, they were all, uh, from Ontario, I believe. Yeah. Levon was, he was from the States, right? Yeah. So I think, uh, Robbie Robinson. Yeah. He grew up, or he was born, I believe, in, like, the Six Nations Reserve here. And then him and his mom moved down to, uh, is it Virginia? Wherever Levon Helm was from. He met Levon Helm down there, and they played music together. And then uh, he found out, like, his real dad wasn't who he thought he was he ended up being like a his mom was Cayuga and mohawk yeah and but Raised then his real Nations dad was Reserve. like a jewish mafia guy or something okay and so then his uncle or his uncles or something like that kind of got him involved in the music scene in toronto okay where he ended up meeting the hawks like ronnie hawkins and joined his band and then i think that he got Levon recruited this is reverting back to what you were saying about her, his his uh, original dad. Uh, he was a professional gambler and was killed in a hit and run accident on on the QEW. Crazy. His dad was. Anyways. Yeah, and then uh, I think that they. I don't know why they left Ronnie Hawkins, but they end up being their own band. And actually, they, what happened was they were recruited to be Bob Dylan's band when he stopped, when when Dylan went electric, <laughs> when he stopped being a folk singer and he kind of, I don't I don't know if he started the trend or he was following the new trend of just like, of a rock and roll band like. That era is like the Beatles and yeah. Um, so he he jumped into playing electric guitar and and then he had the band as his backing band backing band and uh i guess when they started like people were going to see a bob dylan show they were expecting acoustic folk music and they did a whole tour where they got basically got booed off the stage every night people hated it people hated it yeah hated them crazy and then now you look back at it and it's like how did they hate that it's so good I feel like that's like a like a Mumford and Sons, how they went like all acoustic, and then they came up with some of this new stuff. And I'll be honest with you, myself included, I'm like, yeah. Eh. I mean, I love their old stuff more than I like the new stuff. 
they, I wouldn't boo them off stage, but they they started a like a a reboot of like bluegrass music, but their sound was just so epic. Yeah, they kind of came up with their whole. It was kind of their own sound, really. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they they almost went like a pop music or something. I get it. Like you want to try something new. Yeah. You don't want to just play the same old songs all the time. Kind of like Dylan. Kind of like Dylan. <laughs> so, yeah, then the band was with Dylan. They kept getting booed off stage. Yeah, and then eventually they got a following, and they just uh, they started being their own band. They had uh, – and all those guys could sing really well and sing good harmonies, and they were just really good musicians. Kind of like the Eagles. Yeah. Totally different style, but – The band was pretty loose. They were pretty loose. I imagine they inspired bands like the Eagles. Probably. You're right, though, man. I guess, like, the difference is the Eagles, it was mostly, mostly Henley. Um, Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry. And uh, the bass player, uh, not not, Sh- not Schmitty. He did take over, but... <laughs> Randy Meisner. Randy Meisner. Before, he sang... Well, I'll take it to the limit. Yeah. But then he didn't want to do it because he was always too worried about being able to hit the high notes. That so then didn't one of them note. say, was it Fry or Henley? Was like, sing the fucking song or you're done. <laughs> I think that was Or Glenn you're Fry. done. I guess Glenn Fry was a bit of a... He was competitive and he was a bit of a... Uh, a he was push a bit it. bossy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and... uh he just wanted to put on a good show, I guess. People wanted to hear that song. But the Randy didn't want to sing it. No. So then he ended up quitting. Packed her in. They do an, did an interview with him in um, that Eagles documentary. Not When Hell Freezes Over, it's the other one. Uh, I think it's just called The Eagles, isn't it? I think so. History of the Eagles. History of the Eagles. What a sick documentary. It's like three hours long, but... yeah. Oh, that that's got to be my all-time favorite. Like, I I think it kind of kickstarted all the the all the Netflix documentaries and stuff. Yeah, they did a good job on that one, man. Yeah, then then uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, Schmitty. Yeah, they recru- recruited him from a band called Poco. Yeah, which I think Yoko Poco. They they recruited Randy Miser from that same band. Like he took over. Like, Schmidt took over for Meisner in uh, Poco, and then he also did in the Eagles. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Meisner must hate Schmitty. <laughs> Why is he trying to be me all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that interview they did with Meisner, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't regret doing what I'm doing or something, but he's probably just saying that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, life on the road wasn't for me. That's what I always say. Yeah. Then uh, going back to the band, that's where I was going with that, with the singers. Like, Helm sang all the time. Did yeah. did Robbie Robertson really sing that much, though? Not much. I don't think so. I think <laughs> he did a lot of the songwriting, and then he just realized he liked those other guys' voices better. And um, 
Because Danko sang. Danko sang. Richard Manuel actually sang most of the songs, I'd say. He was Between a keys him player. Between Levon. Right? Yeah. Because they had a keys player. And then an organ. They had an organ player. Yeah. <clears throat> I can never remember the name of the... Garth Hudson? Yes. That's what it is. Good that memory guy, on you, buddy. That, so that guy, he <laughs> grew up... His family owned a funeral home. And he played all the piano for funerals and stuff growing up. So he had, like, his parents made him play classical music or whatever. So he had chops. He had chops. And then... He's just ripping <laughs> blues piano in the funeral home? So his parents wouldn't let him just go join a band because he, like, he wasn't making any money. So he convinced the other guys to pay him to give them music lessons. He actually taught them, like, m- music theory and stuff. And so then he could tell his parents that he was a working musician. <laughs> <laughs> So that's genius. The guy is genius because then he collected more money for all the gigs and stuff because they had to pay him and he was being paid to. <laughs> what a genius. Yeah. Garth Hudson. Music and business. Yeah. Wow. Legend. Legend. Yeah, then Manuel, he hung himself, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,. Because they, they actually went kind of dark, too, didn't they, the band? They they were, like, so, uh, like, eat free and easy going, and then they kind of hit a patch where they even did. Levon Helm, didn't he get really bitter about who was getting paid what? Yeah, they, there were <coughs> big fights over royalties and songwriting credit. Um, But, I, yeah, I think they did their first album, which was just called The Band. And then their second album, they were somewhere in, like, upstate New York. And they, yep. I don't know if they bought or they rented this house in the woods. Um, big Pink, they call it. It was a Big Pink house. <laughs> and uh, That's a fact. Look it up. I Yeah, I guess they were, they set up the basement as their studio. And then they just lived in the rest of the house. And I think they were getting pretty, pretty heavy into it. They were partying a lot. And I think at one point, even Danko crashed his car in the woods because they were out messing around and broke his hand or something that sounds right yeah and then after that i think they i think maybe levon left yeah he did for a bit so then actually richard manuel jumped on drums he plays drums on a bunch of the recordings crazy eh just like jack of all trades band yeah like Danko would play the violin and stuff, the fiddle. Just so good. Yeah. Rag mom and rag. Yeah. That is a really cool fiddle riff. It's rocking. Man. Oh, to be a rocker. Yeah. I think Robbie Robertson was one of the only guys who, like, kind of kept his shit together like he never really got into the booze he never yeah. really got into drugs he always kind of seemed to have his shit together i think he was pretty straight and narrow <clears throat> just like playing music yeah because a lot of people like go on and on about his guitar style yeah how it was so like i don't know transformative i guess but i'll be honest with you like i've never looked at robbie robertson's style of guitar as <laughs> like I mean, that's just me speaking no i, I uh, i've I never agree. looked at it like you know, holy shit, like, that's some groundbreaking stuff. 
I'm like, yeah, he's an unreal guitar player, yeah. but it's not like, you know, it's not Jimmy Page or... W- without taking anything away from him, the band is kind of the only band where the guitarist isn't my favorite person in the band. That's true, eh? Yeah. Like, he doesn't rip any leads that are like melt your face for the most part. No, not that I'm trying to do just, him injustice. No, no, he he like subtly plays kind of in the background. It's yeah. his thing. He adds to the song, but he's never out in front kind of. Yeah, thing. he was in the pocket. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Helm. Me too. His voice. Yeah, it's so original. And he was in the movie Shooter. Yeah. He uh He um, also, as a drummer, there's not too many bands where the drummer can be lead singer, too. I know, like, Henley does it in the Eagles. Henley had another really original voice. Yeah. But you don't see that too often. No. That's tough to do, man. Foo Fighters, maybe. I'm not a diehard Foo guy, but... Yeah. One of them just passed away, didn't they? Yeah, rip. Rest in peace, uh... Taylor Hawkins. He was like, uh, I, I saw a, a tweet or something earlier, and it was Taylor Hawkins is the only drummer that can play with Dave Grohl and not, and everyone doesn't want Dave Grohl to sit behind the kid or something like that. <laughs> I actually always thought, again, this shows my limited knowledge on Foo Fighters, because I, to yeah. be honest with you, I'm, I'm just not a Foo Fighter guy. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've never gone out of my way to listen to their music, but I, be honest with you, I always thought he drummed at everything, but he plays guitar, doesn't he? He's a guitarist, yeah. Well, I think they have like three guitars. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about that band. Dave Grohl's a, like, he's a, he's a genius. Is he? <laughs> He just he just does a lot of stuff. He's really uh, seems like he's really motivated. He's done. Um, if we're talking like studios, he he took the old Sound City studio, um, which was another one kind of like Muscle Shoals, where just like big name bands went there to record just because of the sound. Okay. And uh, I I believe he bought it and moved the console and everything to like. A, his house and he did like a he did a documentary where he recorded a song with a bunch of different artists like he did a whole album yeah like he did he had like paul mccartney on there and uh i did not know that yeah what's the guy's name rick springfield yeah jesse's girl (laughs) jesse's girl (laughs) And then he's done like he did a another like album documentary where he went to a different city in the states for each song, and based the song around the the city or the area. Okay. Uh, I think that's called Sonic Highways. And uh, I think I think he would probably get a local. I he had a local musician on each of those too. Um. Yeah. He's done some cool projects. Huh. And then his recent thing, I think they just wrapped that up. 
they do they made like a horror movie and they made like an album i, I seen a thing about that <laughs> i haven't watched it or anything but they made like an album but made a, a horror movie as well i don't know how they, and they all act in it and it, it's like i don't know i've <laughs> seen like a preview for that i haven't watched it either but yeah kind of like entrepreneurial almost eh? he is yeah just thinking outside the box which is cool it's not just a run-of-the-mill record us album tour record an album tour he's like thinking up cool stuff to make it fresh and and exciting and i've heard he's a good guy like he's not yeah. a dick so i've heard yeah i don't know if that's true or not but i have heard that never met him never met him maybe one day maybe one day probably not i'll probably <laughs> never go to a food fighters concert <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll just see him in uh in a store. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure he's got a shop and get groceries and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's got to eat. He's human. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or he's a demon. He's an alien like Zorg. Like in his movie, he's a demon. Is he a demon? I think so. No. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't watch movies with that devil kind of stuff in it. He plays the uh, devil on Tenacious T, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pick of destiny. <laughs> You will be mine. And he started, his whole career started with Nirvana, which is like the biggest band of the right, 90s. Right. Insane. Wait. He's had a career, man. Wait. Wait, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> we you to a rock <laughs> Give us one chance to rock your socks off. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like uh he goes his line is like check this riff it's fucking tasty and then just lays down a tasty riff that is such a <laughs> sick riff too <laughs> what a flick man jack black it's like i'm gonna have to rewatch that kg he calls me kg solo 5000 <laughs> and i aims to keep it that i aims way. to keep it that way ben stiller's in there <laughs> oh, in the store. Yeah. Who told you about the pod? <laughs> the pick of destiny? Did Papa Dillo tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what did Papa Dillo tell you? <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> <coughs> That's a good flick. They got some good music, too, actually, those guys. Yeah. That's, uh... Okay, I got a side idea now. All right. Lay it on I, me, I've always kind of liked, uh... Like, I, I do, like, movies and stuff. Maybe a little bit of a cinephile. I don't know if that's the right word, but... <laughs> a cinephile? Yeah. You know, it's like movies, cinema. Okay. I think. Maybe I'm using that word wrong. Never heard of that word. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, music in, in movies and TV shows really uh, excite me as well. And I always thought it'd be cool to have a song in a show or a movie that we've uh, written. Or even to uh, be able to, like, choose the music for a, a movie or something like that. Like, score a movie. That would be a fun job, too. Talking about dream jobs. That'd be hard to do, man. It would be a lot of work. It would be tough. Some of those people have a real gift for, like, figuring out the exact yeah. sound for the 
kind like it, of it, stuff it sets the, the whole mood of a scene and yeah it does but that's a that would be a cool job that would be a fun job mm-hmm. if you love music or even like composing music for for movies mood music and stuff I don't understand how that is even you go way back when to Beethoven and Mozart and yeah how that was even possible for those guys to do I uh, struggle to comprehend how that is was even possible and they would like write it out like it yeah on paper <laughs> that's what I can't wrap my head around is like how do you write the music on a sheet I, like I don't know music theory at all or how to read music or anything but they would just like compose by writing it and then they would have a band play it or like an orchestra play it. It's like, that's insane. Insane. I feel like they were way smarter at music than we are today. A hundred percent, man. They compose like a hundred musicians. Yeah. Wasn't one of them deaf? Uh, Wasn't it was either Mozart or Beethoven. And they had, uh, yeah, they were. I'm thinking it's Beethoven. Pretty much deaf. Like I don't think fully deaf, but they would go off of the sound vibrations. Yeah. Which is insane. That's how I always thought. If you were gonna, uh, if something happened to your hearing or your sight, like what would you? you What's know, really weird? I was just thinking about this, <laughs> like two days ago in the shower. Yeah what i would rather be i don't know man that's a tough one that's uh i don't know yeah your sight is very complex and being able to see friends and family or scenic views yeah, like that you would can, be a big trade-off. Well, and then versus not being able to listen to music ever again. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe you could still play music through the vibrations. Like, was it Beethoven? You looked it up. Yeah, it, I was. But it said um, first noticed difficulties with his hearing sometime <clears throat> around 1798. By yeah. the age of 28, by the time he was 44 or 45, he was totally deaf. Ah. Died at the age of 56. Um, I was reading, actually, Eric Clapton has a big uh, hearing problem, I guess. Does he? Yeah, he's got like uh, like tinnitus or tinnitus. I don't know how to. Yeah, tinnitus, I think. Tinnitus <laughs> of the ears. <laughs> I think it's tinnitus, man. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, so ringing in the ears or, or like permanent hearing damage just from rocking so hard. Just rocking so hard. Makes sense, I guess. You're playing up on stage with. Yeah. I think he's got to be bad. real careful, like not to oh, make really? it worse. Yeah. That's like, uh, what's his face? Brian Johnson is the same thing, isn't it, from ACDC? I'm pretty yeah, sure that's he, right. has, he has the same thing. Yeah, that's why they had uh, Axl Rose playing for him, right? Is he that w- what it was? He was saying, yeah, because. Uh, Brian Johnson had to leave the tour or something. So Axl Rose sang for ACDC. Huh. I didn't actually know that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's back now. Is he? Like, they just they just did an album, actually. 
Man, those guys have been <laughs> rocking. How many albums do they have? Oh. And most of them usually have like 50% are good tracks. Like yeah. good, just easy listening tracks. Like they know their, their niche. wheelhouse and they wheel it. <laughs> They've never branched out of it either. Yeah. I guess uh, well, Malcolm Young j- just passed away what like last a year, year ago. or a couple years ago. Yeah, he was like, "We got we got to do this." Like he was adamant about not straying from what they were good at. What they were good at, yeah. Gibson SG till the day he died. Yeah, that was his weapon of choice. And Angus can just wail. Or sorry, not. Uh, yeah, I think Malcolm I Young used Malcolm. to like. Uh, uh, what is it? A double jet. Um, starts with a G. Gretsch. He was a Gretsch. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's his classic. Okay, I didn't know that. I think it, like a Gretsch. Um, it was a double jet or something. Like it has the double cutout. I'm not a real techie. <laughs> no, I don't know that much about Gretsch actually. You don't yeah. hear that many people. I've seen a few artists like I think Neil Young used a Gretsch. I wanted to get one for a while that was like a a semi like a hollow body electric. Yeah. They're a little bit thicker, like not like the Viking. Right. Or the you know like the ES three thirty five. Yeah. But they're almost like in a in between an electric and an acoustic. <coughs> Yeah, the the hollow body. I think um, Gretsch has a couple. There's one that's like the Penguin, I believe. And then uh, I can't remember the other one. There's a cool. I don't know if you listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers much, but did they just put out a new song? They're uh, I yeah. I heard that on the they radio. They got two two singles out. They got a new album in. Uh, april when it's releasing and john vrishani's back in the band now which uh i (laughs) i like the john vrishani stuff better (laughs) fair enough um but they did a like a concert at i think it's sling castle in like the uk yeah and he uses oh gretch white falcon is what it's called so that's what i was looking at yeah those guitars are really nice The White Falcon. It was expensive, though. That's yeah. why I didn't buy it. Probably looking at a couple grand for yeah. one of those. But it was like they had all the uh, gold inlay, like yeah, all the shit on the, like the the hardware. Yeah. Was all like that gold colored, tuning pegs, everything. And then the body is just like a pearl white. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was really such a good looking, looking guitar. guitar. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> just something you want to make. Bark. Yeah. It reminded me when when we were a guy was playing one of those when I was telling you when we went to uh, <coughs> when we went to Holland a couple of years ago for some greenhouse stuff. But at the same time, there was that blues festival going on in Delft in Holland, and there was just like blues bands playing all every single bar you went to, which you know it was lined like the r- road was lined with all these bars or the town. Yeah awesome bars too like down in basements and you just go <laughs> just from dies. one place it was so cool man yeah. and just the buildings are so old that it's it's all like stone in there and that's the coolest Holland, venues yeah yeah town's called delft it's like a smaller amsterdam nice 
Yeah, almost. That's exactly basically what it is. Basically, a smaller Amsterdam. Hmm. And uh, definitely, if you ever go to Holland, I would go there. It's a really nice town, and it's Amsterdam's like really busy, like really busy. Definitely worth the go once, but I wouldn't be like you know. I've been there, I think, a couple times now, just because of greenhouse stuff. But yeah. um, dope. It's it's busy and it's kind of dirty. Like, a lot of garbage and shit on the street. Mm. We landed early in the morning, though. But, yeah. It's really neat to see once. I could, I wouldn't care if I went back there again. Yeah. But Delft is, like, nice and clean. And But anyways, a guy was playing one of those Gretsch White Falcons. Yeah. Ripping. And it's all, like, in English. It's all blue stuff. Yep. Man, it was cool. Nice. And it was such a cool sound. That'd be cool to to go around the world and see some other music scenes. That's one of the coolest things I've I've like done. Yeah. I think just because there was it just sucked because the person I was there with didn't uh, like music's not like their thing as yeah. much, so they didn't appreciate it as much. So it wasn't as like if I was there with you, for example, yeah. it would have been like oh, we would have been having unreal. a time. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, we probably wouldn't have went to bed. Band trip. So it would have been neat if, if that had been the situation, but it, either way, it was still awesome. I think, I don't know how many, you know, we went to probably like 15 different bars. You have a beer, watch really, the band eh? for a couple songs, go to the next one. That'd be a lot of fun. And they're all literally like, you go from this one and then you walk 30 seconds down the street and there's the next, like, yeah, it was so, it was so cool. And it was all blues, which is awesome. It's still alive. It's still alive. You can't... The blues will never die. No. <laughs> Peace be to Robbie J. Here's a cool story for everybody who doesn't... Uh, Robert Johnson. Ah. Uh, the devil at the crossroads. Maybe some people do know the story. I think it's... Uh, well known. Widely known. Should be common knowledge kind of inspired almost every guitarist of all time <laughs> <laughs> pretty much eh? yeah yeah so he was uh back in the day i don't even what is that like f- the 30s th- yeah would that make sense yeah 30s 40s maybe he was down depression I think, yeah and it was in southern states um well where he went to do de- make the deal with the devil was georgia but yeah so kind of the story i've red he like disappeared for a while yeah and come back and he was all all of a sudden he was this amazing blues guitarist like so he was trying to play like local in his town and he was not good yeah so the the old story goes he was trying to play and and was not a good guitar player like people just laughed at him and then like you said he disappeared for a while and then came back, and he was just coming up with shit coming from somewhere else. Yeah. Like, he had the pick of destiny in his hand. <coughs> had, like, this created this whole new blues technique that nobody had ever even heard of. Like, literally created something completely new. It was like two guitarists were playing. Yeah. But it was just him. Like, he was playing lead 
guitar rhythm guitar and and bass notes yeah all at the same time and to this day like it still is inspiring people to play the blues yeah and then uh apparently he was i don't think he was he playing at the bar or he went in there for a drink and one of the women in the bar um story goes was uh he was kind of flirting with her or they were getting, uh, you know, maybe going to go out back. Yeah. And uh, legend has it that somebody poisoned his whiskey and uh, killed him. Yeah. Killed him dead. At 27. 27. That's the, how the 27 Club came the to OG be. The OG of the 27 Club. So that's another, there's another roll into another uh, segue. The 27 Club, for people who don't know. That's such a weird phenomenon. Just for some reason, whatever it is, all these musicians died at the age of 27. Just like a conundrum. It's like way too big of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Yeah. Like you got Robert Johnson. You got Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Jim Morrison, who we mentioned earlier. Jim Morrison. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. That's who I was trying to think of. Ah, <laughs> nice. We got it. Yeah. <coughs> like, those are big names. Big names. All died at the age of 27. And there's, like, there's a big list of maybe less notable ones, but. But still, people who have died, rockers. I'm just looking it up here. Amy Winehouse. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah, Hendrix. How do you forget about Hendrix? Amy Winehouse, you're right. Wasn't Hendrix poisoned too? Or a similar thing happened? No, he OD'd. Did he OD? Yeah. Yeah. That I, checks out. <laughs> I don't know if he... I don't think he choked or choked on his own vomit, but his woman found him um, OD'd in their apartment, I think. There was, yeah, something suspect about it, I, I remember. Rudy Lewis, Brian Jones. Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Drowned in his swimming pool. No way. Yeah. I'm going to have to leave you for a sec. Asphyxiation. That's what uh, Hendrix, uh, Hendrix bought it. You know what? We'll pause for a quick sec here. <laughs> and we're back. And we were talking about uh, asphyxiation. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that is how he died, while intoxicated on barbiturates. You know what a barbiturate is? I do not. Yeah, you got Jim Morrison, Ron Pigpen McKernan, Grateful Dead. Yeah. Pigpen. Died of gastrointestinal hemorrhage. Wow. Damn. Well, they even got like actors and shit in here. <laughs> Yeah, then I guess the farther you go, I mean, they're lesser known, but they're, uh, yeah, Winehouse. Huh, crazy. Terrible. Terrible. But that's the 27 Club. Yeah. Rock and roll, man. It'll kill you. We're too old for that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just turned the big 3-0. Sick as a dog on my birthday. Yeah. Not from alcohol, from a stomach bug, from Chinese food. 
<laughs> okay, they Don't poisoned that. They poisoned my food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about like an hour and ten. Hour and ten? That's not bad. It's a decent cast. Good cast. Yeah, uh, I think we were talking about it last week, but about uh, maybe playing a song what at the end. What were we talking about, buddy? Just play a song at the end, you know? little uh, Jacobian Red special at the end? I think so. Not that we want to push our stuff. No, but, but we're We just like playing. Because we can. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point of it, I guess. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. I think we've got like... I think like 20 people have listened to the one that you and I did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Did you listen to it? I did, yeah. Yeah, roughly 20 people. The views have dropped way off. That's oh, okay, man. though. That's why you got to keep coming at them with new content. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just get a lot. I just love doing this. Yeah. And if we can mix in, like, you had the great idea of throwing down a track at the end of it. That's just like an added... Uh, yeah, it's just for fun. So we'll just throw in a quick little quip at the beginning. And just say, just so you know, make sure you listen right to the end. Yep. Because we got a little surprise you in store for don't you. don't want to miss this. <laughs> this is the biggest part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, so what do you say, man? Yeah, let's do no it. Better time than the present. All right, well... We're pretty much rigged up to go here, I think. So uh, we're going to play a little tune. Brown paper bag. And, uh, yeah, here we here we go. We're going to lay it on you here for a sec. I just got to do some rejigging with the mic, that's all. All right. All right, here we go. Red Leaf Radio. Brown paper bag. OG.
on well thanks again for uh joining us for another episode of red leaf radio sunday sessions hope you enjoyed the track with myself and my main man zorg here thanks for having me out it's uh another afternoon well spent all right till next time red leaf radio signing off